Verulam Sports. Hello again and welcome to Verulam Sport Podcasting. This is Tony Rice, an excited Tony Rice, because I feel like the shoots of optimism are in the air. It's a lovely summer-ish, spring-ish time. Spring's around the corner and it was amazing to see crowds in the Aussie Open and it's always ace to serve up ch- tennis chat with Batchwood's own John Meredith. Welcome back to Verum Sports, John. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Nice to see you. Hopefully we're on the up now and there's light at the end of the tunnel. Looking for, you know, hopefully a, a good sort of uh, spring and summer of tennis to come. Absolutely. And of course, uh, Wimbledon should be back this year. I think that's looking strong. But I uh, want to talk Aussie Open with you. Uh, talking about the, uh, the female side of the game, first and foremost, credit to Naomi Osaka. Her second consecutive Grand Slam, her fourth major, unbeaten in finals. But just before we drill into the final, uh, one of the greats about this era of tennis is that G-O-A-T, the GOAT debate, of which from the women's Uh, side of things, Serena has certainly put herself well in contention, but it was an emotional defeat uh, for the American great to Osaka, wasn't it? Uh, Very emotional. What's your thoughts as she still hunts that elusive 24th slam? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it remains to be seen, doesn't it, whether she will achieve that, I think. You know, French Open would not be her best bet. I think people say Wimbledon is a, a likeliest uh, chance, but I think I think now somebody like Osaka needs to be slightly off off her game for that to happen, because um, she's she's clearly the uh, you know the the the, uh, the strongest player in the world, isn't she? So um, so yeah, so it's I'd say it's the fifty fifty. Watch this space, but I'll never rule out Serena. That's one thing that's uh, the reasons behind why people are in contention for greatest of all time is that they've got not only rare gifts, but rare character as well. So we'll continue to watch yeah. this space. Talking Naomi, though, she clearly right now is the force majeure. Um, again, her second consecutive Grand Slam title, 21 matches, one in a row. Talking about character, though, John. I was very, very impressed with her because she did have to dig deep against um, the Spaniard, uh, Muguruza, uh, in one of the earlier rounds. was actually facing uh, two match, uh, match points against her. So there were moments in that game where she was kind of looking up to the skies, feeling a little bit frustrated. But she came through that, didn't she? That is the character we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I think I read a couple of times um, over the course of the Australian Open comments that when when the going gets or got tough, she sort of she, the, the word she uses that she goes within herself. So I suppose she concentrates on the processes, um, you know, takes care of what she can control, makes her first serve, makes the opponent play. Um, so so yeah, but it's like anything; it's a it's a real sort of hairline thing, isn't it, between winning and losing and. Um, but I think for me, she's you know she's shown that she's clearly the best in the world at the moment. Um, when her game is on and she's in the right frame of mind, she's you know extremely tough to beat. And the facts don't lie. The first woman is Naomi Osaka. It's Monica Seles, way back in 1991, to win her first four Grand Slam finals. She's un 
beaten in slam finals and beat the Americans 6-4-6-3, Jennifer Brady. Uh, but got to give credit to Brady, don't we? Um, yeah. 22nd seed, the only player in hard quarantine to make it through to the second week in the Aussie Open. So not only did she have the kind of usual bubble scenario that everybody faces, she was literally quarantined, could only kind of play a, a ball against her wall, which must have been monotonous. Great yeah, skills to get through, despite that context. Yeah, I saw quite a few videos of uh, players hitting balls against their hotel bedroom walls and stuff. I think what, what we're sort of seeing this year in sport is uh, a strange set of circumstances where um, you know players are coming through that we wouldn't expect. Um, for example, you know you see it with Liverpool football team yeah. injuries and um, players in tennis getting injured because they haven't been able to do the normal pre-season. Um, that they would, you know, would have usually done. So I think you're starting to see a bit of a levelling of the playing field. You know, on the men's side, you saw mm-hmm. a qualifier come through because, you know, we're, we're in strange times, aren't we? So they haven't all prepared their normal, in their normal ways. And some of them are, you know, coming in with different levels of fitness and different levels of sort of practice behind mm-hmm. them. Absolutely surreal times. Um, but one thing that is becoming increasingly consistent is Djokovic. Uh, again, talking GOAT, greatest of all time. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say that he is, uh, in the men's context, nine uh, Aussie Open titles now. He beat Russia's uh, Daniel Medvedev, 7-5, 6-2, 6-2 in straight sets. That's a record ninth Aussie Open for the Serbian, his 18th slam, just two behind Nadal and Federer, who are also, of course, in the mix. But he's got age on his side to claim more. A year younger than Nadal, a full six years younger than the Fed Express. Yeah. I think the consistency, the rate of improvement. Uh, Djokovic not necessarily a fan favourite, but I want to say this much once again, for me, the GOAT. Yeah, I, I think, you know... It- it's a big debate, isn't it, on how you how you measure it? But the the Grand Slams are, you know, certainly one of the key measures. Um, but yeah, he's he's turned turned Australia into his, you know, his sort of back garden, hasn't he? Just as Nadal, we talk about at the French yeah. Open, you know, Djokovic is on a very similar similar sort of level there at Australia. Um, I watched Nadal, and then I watched Djokovic, and and Nadal didn't seem to be at the same level as Djokovic in terms of speed and pace yeah. on his shots. I think he relies quite heavily on the, the ball kicking up high to cause opponents, his opponents problems. So, you know, I think Djokovic also, he sort of has that air of invincibility around him, doesn't he? You never really feel like he's going to lose when you watch him, you know? Um, so, you know, uh, uh, whereas Nadal, I think he was two sets to love up, wasn't he? And he, he lost the next three against, was it yeah. Zverev or, or, or no, Tsitsipas. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and Federer, he's he must is, is he forty now, or is he coming up forty this 39, year? Thirty nine, but this is his. Uh, he's into his. Yeah. So by the time he's playing Wimbledon this year, he'll be just about to turn forty. So you then sort of, you know, can you see that happening? You know, him winning anymore? I can't really. I can see Nadal mm-hmm. winning French, but I can see Djokovic winning an Aussie, you know, and a U.S. Open or a um, or Wimbledon, you know. So. He, well, even the French, he's a contender full four still, and uh, I think he'd have probably won the U.S. Open if he hadn't have um, yeah. had a bit of a fit of a you know mad moment and put <laughs> a ball at a line judge basically. <laughs> but uh, again, credit to um, Daniel Medvedev. 
He was the fourth seed. He was on form, had beat uh, on a 20-match winning streak. I think his yeah. form against big players was also very strong. I think he won 12 uh, in the row against the top 10 in the world. So this is a talented individual. Uh, he's lost two finals now, but I'm sure he's going to be holding aloft the Grand Slam title before two. Yeah, yeah I think you know, he's, supposed, he's the next one coming through, isn't he, really? He's reaching Grand Slams, but then you just look at Djokovic dispatching in straight sets. It wasn't yeah. even that much. The first set was a match, and then after that, it was, you know, the mains. It was, it was all, you know, foregone conclusion. So, I think Djokovic is going to break the records. Um, you know, uh, he's not as popular, is he, as Federer and Nadal? You know, but um, it's, you know, I'm sure he's. That's. It's not all about that, is it? Really, at the end of the day, it's. Um, I'm, I'm fairly he wants sure to he win. sleeps rather comfortably at night. To, so there we yeah. go. Uh, yeah. For me, again, I'm going to reiterate it. Uh, the, the Serbian never lost a final at uh, Melbourne. That's now nine slams in the Aussie Open out of his 18. But he does hold a career Grand Slam, only two behind Federer and Nadal. And I'm saying that whilst, again, not necessarily going to win any popularity contests, Djokovic, for me, for his uh, all-round game, his prowess across all courts, is the greatest of all time, time will tell. But what's telling now, John, is that there are announcements. We're easing back to what we hope will be normality. Give us the updates when it comes to your wonderful circumstances at Batchwood. Yeah, yeah we're waiting for things to be exactly confirmed, but we know that from the 29th of March, outdoor tennis is allowed again. So um, I'm pretty sure that in terms of Batchwood's concern, like last time, the outdoor courts will be open for the public and members to book, uh, whereas the performance side will be sort of, you know, exclusively mm -hmm. at Rothamsted Park. Um, and I'd imagine all the local clubs are looking forward to getting back back in action, local coaches. Um, we're waiting for confirmation whether coaching is just on an individual basis or in, or in groups. We're pretty confident it'll be groups. And then I think from the 12th of April, indoor tennis is, is allowed. Uh, so hopefully the centre is, you know, fully opened um, and we can enjoy a normal, you know, or back to normal sort of summer term uh, and, and actually get, out, get all of our lives going again, you know, after this horrible time. We're excited for that. I am a big believer that sports has been put in its context, but continues to have even more of a vital force for communities, for individuals, not just for health and well-being, but for a sense of connection to community and overall uh, mind, body, spirit working together. And I know you guys at Batchwood do great work there accordingly. John, tell us about the best way to engage with you online. Yeah, so there's the uh, onelife.co.uk um, website. There's, uh, in terms of Bachelor Tennis itself, there's a Facebook page, support uh, Bachelor Tennis and Golf. Um, wanting to message there, I always answer messages there. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, we're just looking forward to also the schools coming back. Uh, that means the summer term uh, school talent spotting sessions and introduction, introduction to tennis sessions, school clubs can all get going again so we're um yeah we're thrilled 
Hey, fantastic, John. Here on Verum Sports, we're thrilled. We will always uh, lend a voice to all the amazing programmes that you continue to do as you are a great ambassador for the great sports of tennis. Once again, reminders of the best website and the best ways to engage with you yeah, on social so, media. Yes, it's www.onelife.co.uk. Search for the Centre Batchwood. Uh, well, I think quite a few of the staff or the staff are furloughed at the moment. So right now, it would be better to go through the Support Batchwood Tennis and Golf Facebook page. Send a message there uh, and I always reply. So I live with my phone <laughs> 24-7. <laughs> hey, John, you're looking ace cool uh, with your shades in this nice uh, yeah, sunny day. And it looks like it. The, the sun is beginning to shine back on us all. It's a pleasure to talk with you. I wish you and family every continued success. Keep up the awesome work you do with Batchwood. I look forward to catching up with you again very soon.